0: Hello and welcome, this is Susan Presti, and I am so excited to have you here today for Women's Health 101. For those of you who don't know me, I'm a holistic health coach, Reiki and meditation practitioner, and I mainly work with midlife women and older women who are noticing changes in their health and also in the way that they look and they feel, and they're looking to reclaim some of their health and vitality that they had when they were younger. So today's topic is basically about all women's health. It's not related to any one specific age group. And so we're just going to dive right in. Let's get into the nitty gritty of what it means to stay happy and healthy as a woman. Let's talk about PMS or premenstrual syndrome and what it is. It's a combination of symptoms that many women get about a week or two before their period begins. And most women report getting some combination of symptoms such as bloating or mild cramps, headaches, moodiness. Some may develop a little bit Bit of anxiety or feelings of anxiousness or insomnia, and all of these are totally perfectly normal, provided that you feel that they're manageable. If you're getting cramps that are so bad that you have to miss work or school, you should really talk to your doctor about that. are going to talk about birth control and the many different forms of birth control that are out there. Here's a brief list of the top most popular options that you may not have heard of so far. So the first one I want to talk about is a birth control implant. And this is a small plastic rod. It's about the size of a matchstick and it's implanted into your inner arm. It's 99% effective and it lasts up to five years and it is reversible. So if you want to take it out, you can. The next one that you may have heard of is an IUD or an intrauterine device. And that device is a small T-shaped device that is placed in your uterus. You could get both a hormonal one or a non-hormonal option. Both are available. With the hormonal IUD, periods will get lighter, and your period may actually disappear entirely. With a non-hormonal IUD, periods may be heavier, but can protect you from pregnancy up to 12 years. IUDs are 99% effective and last between three to 12 years, depending on the type that you get, and both are reversible. The next one is called the birth control shot. And basically it's an injection that you get every three months that's 94% effective there's birth control vaginal rings and these are flexible rings that are inserted into your vagina and you do that at home and what happens is it releases a hormone into your body that prevents you from getting pregnant and you have to replace the ring once a month you do it at home and it's 91% effective Of course, birth control pills are still an option, and there are many different ones out there. But I want you to keep in mind that safe sex with condoms should be practiced because none of the birth control methods that I spoke about here protect you against a sexually transmitted infection. So please keep that in mind. If you have been with your partner for many years and you're both exclusive, and you know that neither one of you have any kind of a sexually transmitted disease, that's different. But if you have a new partner and you both haven't been tested yet, it is my advice to also use a condom. You can never be too sure and it's better to be safe than sorry. Do you experience period pain? Cramps affect about half of all the women that menstruate, right? But despite how common they are, Folks really don't know what's normal and what's not normal. Let's look at that we want to know the difference and be on the lookout. We don't want to think a symptom that we're having is perfectly normal when in fact it should be looked at. So I'm going to run through a couple with you. If you're experiencing any of the following symptoms, you should check with your health specialist. Pain that lasts more than two or three days. If you're getting pain more than two or three days, you have to have that checked out. If you're having cramping and pain, you need to have that looked at. If you feel that something is not right, trust your intuition, have it checked out don't second guess. Don't be embarrassed. It's better to be safe than sorry. If it doesn't seem right, chances are it may not be right. Please don't hesitate. If you have vomiting or diarrhea or dizziness or any kind of symptoms like that, or also vaginal bleeding, unusual vaginal bleeding after your period, between periods, that's something that needs to be checked out. Let's talk about ovarian cysts. Sometimes a fluid-filled sac called a cyst can develop on your ovaries. Most of the cysts are benign, painless, and cause no symptoms at all. However, sometimes symptoms can appear as the cyst grows. These symptoms can include abdominal bloating or swelling, painful bowel movements, pelvic pain before or during your menstrual cycle, painful intercourse is another one, pain in the lower back or your thighs, breast tenderness, nausea and vomiting, fainting and dizziness fever, these symptoms can indicate that a cyst has has ruptured or that an ovary has shifted in the wrong way. Cysts cannot be prevented, but routine gynecological exams can detect cysts early on and save you from invasive surgeries to remove them later on. So my advice is, and I tell all of my clients the same thing, you must go for a gynecological exam every single year. And the other thing that I'm going to suggest, your insurance company usually pays for an annual, but you have to go every year that same month. So let's say if you went last November, you should have already Called In August to schedule out your exam for November, because if you wait until October or the end of October, you may not get an appointment until the next year until January. And now you're over a year before you have that annual. So always schedule it early, call early and schedule it for the month that you're allowed by your health care insurance carrier. Let's look at discharge, what's normal, what's not, so that you're on the lookout for what it is. So vaginal discharge is something that no one likes to talk about, but we should all know about it because we need to know what's normal and what we should be calling our doctor if we see something that's not normal. So a thick white discharge, represents normal discharge. It should be clear to milky in color and can vary in consistency from watery to mucus-like. And the smell could be mild. If it's a strong smell, chances are you wanna call your doctor. I recommend that you do. If you have a yellow or a green discharge, that is a sign of an abnormal discharge and it could be a sign of a bacterial infection or an STI, which is a sexually transmitted infection, Brown discharge may be caused by irregular period cycles. If it keeps appearing, it could be a sign of a serious uterine or cervical issue and you wanna talk to your gynecologist. A very thick, white, chunky discharge is likely a yeast infection. Symptoms include itching, redness, irritation, and also burning. Those are things to look out for. And then we want to prevent infections. We wanna detect infections early so we could prevent them. Two of the most common infections that women face are UTIs, which are urinary tract infections and also yeast infections. Urinary tract infections start off as a constant feeling of having to pee. If not treated by drinking lots of water to flush out the bacteria buildup, the infection can spread to the kidneys and eventually the blood, causing very severe health issues. If you feel a UTI coming on and drinking a lot of water is not alleviating that symptom of having to constantly pee, get tested by your doctor and they will prescribe an antibiotic. To prevent UTIs to begin with, always pee right after sexual intercourse. The urinary tract on a woman is much shorter than it is on a man, so bacteria can travel much easier and cause infection. As unromantic as it may seem, make it a routine, and believe me, you will thank me for it later. For yeast infections, the best thing that you can do is cut back on your sugar. Think about baking a loaf of bread, or making a pizza dough. When you're mixing the ingredients, you add sugar or honey to the yeast and also warm water to make it rise and to activate it. For warm, moist environment, a little bit of yeast and an ultra sugary diet leads to a terrible yeast infection. And this is just science. You could help to prevent that and will help to balance the bacteria and the yeast in your vagina with a good probiotic. And it will also help to balance your gut bacteria as well. And probiotics are also important if you're taking an antibiotic because antibiotics don't know the difference between bad and good bacteria. When you take taking an antibiotic, it's killing both. A probiotic will bring good bacteria back and help to balance out your body. Let's talk about the dangers of sugar. We already know that sugar will cause a yeast infection, right? And another thing is that The average woman eats 70 pounds of sugar annually. Sugar is hidden in a lot of foods that we eat, not just the obvious candies, cookies, and other sweets like ice cream. That means that you need to be a detective. You need to be reading labels very carefully because sugar is hidden in a lot of unsuspecting foods. So you need to be your own detective. Let's look at this. It's hidden in a lot of things that we eat. And most of the things that we eat, let's look at things like yogurt and coffee in the morning and granola bars that you eat throughout the day. And also, let's say if you have a cocktail in the evening, these are all ways that these particular foods are high in sugar and they seem normal, like a granola bar would seem normal. A yogurt seems like a normal thing, but they're high in sugar. Sugar causes inflammation. It causes weight gain. It depletes your energy as well. And it also contributes to Alzheimer's disease and various other types of diseases such as cancer, heart disease, and liver disease. The recommended limit for added sugar for a woman is six teaspoons or 24 grams per day. And that sounds like a lot. So again, study your food labels. And here are a few numbers that might inspire you to start because this is hidden in unsuspecting foods. Barbecue sauce, two tablespoons of barbecue sauce equals three and three quarter teaspoons of sugar or 15 grams of sugar. Ketchup, two tablespoons of ketchup equal two and a quarter teaspoons of sugar or nine grams of sugar. Fruit flavored yogurt, six ounces of fruit flavored yogurt equals seven and three quarter teaspoons of sugar or 31 grams. A half a cup of pasta sauce, Three teaspoons of sugar or 12 grams. One breakfast bar equals six and a quarter teaspoons of sugar or 25 grams. There you go. That's a lot of sugar. Now we know we need to stay away from sugar. We need to limit the intake of it. It's very important, especially if you're trying to maintain weight and good health and balance your blood sugar level. You have to be very, very careful of that. Now we're going to move on to hair care. We all treat our hair differently, right? Some of us spend every morning with a, routine of a round brush and a blow dryer and others haven't used a blow dryer in years. Some color their hair all the time, some do not. So it's all a matter of preference. And then some of us use very expensive shampoos and others will take whatever is on sale. But wherever you fall on that spectrum, there are some simple tips that you can use to keep your hair looking and feeling its best. And that's where we we wanna talk about here today. As any high-end hairdresser will tell you, do not wash your hair every day. Some say wash it every other day. I could go three or four days without washing my hair because my hair is not oily at all. But if you're washing it every day, You're stripping your hair of its natural oils. You're adding dullness and dryness to the shaft of your hair and you need to stop doing that. If you do use a blow dryer or straightening iron or a curling iron, you need to use a protective spray before you start using those tools to style your hair. Additionally, invest in a good conditioner and leave it on a few minutes in the shower. Now what I do is I wash my hair, and then I put the conditioner on my hair, and then I wash my body, and I'll shave my legs. So all the time that I'm washing and I'm shaving my legs and my underarms, that conditioner is staying in my hair. And the last thing I do before I step out of the shower is to rinse the conditioner out of my hair, and then I turn the water to cold because that will close the hair shaft so that it's not so fly away and frizzy. So cold will do that. And plus, which I'll talk about in other classes, taking a hot and a cold shower has a lot of other health benefits as well. That's my hair routine that is healthy and will keep your hair looking beautiful for many years to come. And now let's go on to your nails. Do you always go to a nail salon or do you do your nails yourself? I used to go to a nail salon every week, but then when COVID hit, I stopped. And now that we could go back to a nail salon, I kind of like doing my nails myself. And I've cut back on the amount of visits to a nail salon. So about every four to six weeks, I'll go for a pedicure. And when I go for the pedicure, I'll have them do a manicure as well. But during the time that I'm not going for a pedicure, what I do is I just keep keep my nails short. And you want to be filing always in one direction. You don't want to file back and forth because that can create some damage in your nails. You don't want to also cut your cuticles. You just want to put an oil, push your cuticles back. If you cut your cuticles, you run the chance of getting an infection if you get any kind of bacteria. So you want to avoid that. And also you want to use some kind of an oil. If you have hang nails and dry cuticles and dry nails, use some kind of an oil or moisturizer on your hands every night before you go to bed to help to alleviate that dryness. You can use coconut oil or olive oil. You may want to also put socks on your hands at night after you oil up your hands so you don't get your sheets dirty. You could do that with your feet as well if you like. That's a great thing to do. Now we want to go on to a morning routine. The way you start your day will dictate how the rest of your day is going to go, generally speaking. So, you wanna create a routine that inspires you to be productive. And one of the best ways to do that is to get in the right headspace as soon as you wake up in the morning. And what you can do to start that is just sit comfortably first thing in the morning. Think about what you want to do or accomplish for the day and then set that intention. It could be be strong, be kind, be brave, and then send some positive energy towards that thought or intention. If you're not able to sit quietly, if that doesn't make you feel comfortable, you could do a couple of squats, you could do some jumping jacks, whatever it is. And while you're doing that, you set the attention for the day and just continue to do a morning routine every day and you will see a positive change in how you live out each day and the same goes for a nighttime routine. It's important to set a nighttime routine and what you want to do at the end of the day is you want to create this nighttime routine that prepares your mind and sets your mind to rest and to also know that it's time to settle down. It's time to relax. It's time to unwind. And you may do that by drinking a nice warm cup of tea in the evening. It could be chamomile or some kind of sleepy tea, or you may just want to do ginger with lemon or ginger and honey, whatever it is that's your favorite tea that doesn't have caffeine in it. You may also want to take a hot shower or a hot bath. I prefer a hot bath. With Epsom salt, I put essential oils, I will put lavender oil in my bath. If you're not into baths, you could take a shower and you could still put essential oils. What you would do is you drop a few drops of essential oil where the water doesn't directly hit your shower or your bath and you'll create a steam and that aroma will come up and it will also help you to relax. And you could also spray lavender on your bed linens underneath your pillow perhaps so you get a faint smell of lavender when you lay your head on the pillow at night. And these are all great routines to help you to unwind. You want to lower your lights at least an hour before bedtime. You want to stop using all electronics and watching television at least an hour before bedtime because the bright light is coming into your eyes and it's telling your brain that it's still daylight. And when that happens, your pituitary gland is not going to release melatonin. Melatonin is a natural hormone that tells your body that it's time for sleep. So you want to turn off your electronics an hour before bedtime and perhaps read a book or something like that that is going to get you ready For bed now. Let's treat your skin. Let's look at your skin, and each person's skin is different. That's for sure. And so, not one set of product is going to help everyone. So you need to find what works for you. But every skin routine should have a toner, a moisturizer, and a serum. A toner helps to balance and cleanse the skin. A moisturizer adds healthy nourishment and the serum provides deep nourishment and it's perfect for helping your skin to recuperate and also stay hydrated overnight. If you do have acne or pimples, do not pop them. Instead, help the healing process. You could go online and you could find recipes to make a clay mask. And you may want to use like bentonite clay with a little bit of water or also apple cider vinegar may be a better option. Bentonite clay is in a powdered form. When you add liquid, it becomes into a paste and you just want to apply the paste to wherever you have pimples and you can leave it on 10 to 20 minutes and then rinse it off. And you could do this maybe three times a week until the pimples go away. And then we wanna talk about sun protection because sun protection is so important for our skin. Sunblock not only protects you from getting burned, but it also protects you from skin cancer and wrinkles. Make it a point to a place every day Find a moisturizer that has SPF built in and that will kill two birds with one stone. Use it year round because the sun affects you even on cloudy days and even if you're driving in your car with your windows up. So when it comes to protecting your body, you wanna find a good sunscreen that you really like. And if you play playing tennis or you're at the beach or you're golfing or whatever it is, every two hours you want to reapply as long as you're outside in the sun. Now let's look at loving your body. Social media, advertisements, television, movies can all make us feel as though we're not good enough and our bodies are not good enough. This can lead to unhealthy eating habits, dangerous eating, and a negative mental state. So to combat these thoughts, let's try some of the These tips. Recreate your social media. Look at who you're following on Instagram and start cleansing your feed, right, of all of these things that are making you feel inferior. If you're looking at all these beautiful skinny models and you're 10 or 20 pounds overweight, that's going to make you feel bad about yourself. So you want to start following people that are inspirational, that are going to boost you up, make you feel better, inspire you to do better, but not make you feel inadequate or less than because you know what you see on social media is not always real they're just showing you what they want you to believe that's out there clean up that feed that you have and just get inspirational be inspired by people don't make people make you feel bad about yourself and also If you have clothes that no longer fit you and looking in your closet makes you say, oh, I can't believe I don't fit into these clothes any longer, get rid of them. My advice is to donate them Or if you want to make a little extra cash and recycle your clothes, which is great for the environment, go on one of these apps and sell your clothes. Sell the clothes that no longer fit you. You will be decluttering your closet, allowing more space for more good things to come in, and you won't be looking at clothes that don't fit you any longer. And just get rid of them. Donate them, sell them, like I said. What about dealing with anxiety? Anxiety affects millions of people and trying to keep it under control can be difficult. Depending on how severe your anxiety is, there are different tactics that you can try. But if you have mild anxiety that crops up every once in a while, try these tips. But if your anxiety is severe, you need to speak to your healthcare practitioner and get into therapy. But if it's manageable, separate yourself from what you're doing, move elsewhere into a different physical space. So whatever is creating anxiety for you, try and move away from it. Breathe deeply for a minute. When you're feeling anxious, take a moment to think about what it is that's making you feel worried at this moment and tell someone about it. Try, I'm sorry if I seem a little bit distracted today. I think I'm worried about and fill in the blank. And it's taking up a lot of headspace. Please don't take it personally if I'm acting a bit different. These are some things that you could tell someone or write it out. Thoughts get stuck floating around in your head and they can get overwhelming Take a few minutes to jot down everything that you're thinking about. This will help with the thought process. Do you struggle with anxious thoughts? What helps you to feel better? Self-care is a term that we're hearing a lot about lately, and it refers to the practice of taking active role in protecting one's own well-being and health during times of stress but not just during times of stress. Self-care should be practiced all the time on yourself but it certainly helps during times of stress and when you're feeling anxious. What are some things that you could do that are self-care for you? One of the greatest things that you could do is plan out your meals ahead of time. This way you're including nutritious meals and you're saving money by being tempted to eat out all the time. And eating out is not healthy all the time because you don't know the oils that they're using and the cooking methods and all of that. When you cook in-house, you know the ingredients that you're using and you can really control like the amount of calories or whatever else that you're looking for. Also taking power naps. If you feel tired and you could spare 20 minutes to take a cat nap, you will feel so rejuvenated. Once you wake up, it'll make a complete difference in how you feel. Allow yourself some yummy foods in moderation so once in a while occasionally it's not terrible to indulge in a donut or a small bag of potato chips you know like It won't kill you, and you don't want to always feel deprived. So once in a while, it's okay to do something like that. Also, make time for friends. It can't all be about work and stress and a to-do list. You need to have time to socialize and laugh and enjoy each other's company, and whatever that looks like for you. Now let's go on. Learning to say no. If you're a people pleaser, you really need to say no. And you know that metaphor where they say that when you're on a plane and you need to give the oxygen to yourself before your child, that's because if you're not taking care of yourself first, you can't possibly take care of other people as well. So you always need to be nourishing yourself in food and in self care and in rituals for yourself before you're able to take care of other people. You need to get comfortable around saying no to people. I'm sorry, this is not a good time for me to do it. I will call you and let you know when the time is more available. You know, you're not being selfish. You're really not. You may feel uncomfortable about it in the beginning, but on the contrary, you're helping yourself to be more productive and you really need to learn to put yourself first. Make yourself that priority. Invest in things that you want to do to keep yourself happy and healthy. Would you buy something nice for a friend? Well, if you would buy it for a friend, buy it for yourself. Would you cook a nice meal or a healthy meal for a loved one? If you would do it for a loved one, do it for yourself as well. If people start to get angry with your new actions, know that it's because there's a discrepancy gap between how we're behaving and how others want us to behave. As long as you're true to yourself, those who love you will support you in your push to care for yourself. The people who are worthy of being in your life will prefer you to be healthy and happy than miserable. So make yourself a priority. Embrace yourself for who you are. As a woman, we're often bullied by society to fit into a particular mold. We feel like we're supposed to be a certain shape or have smooth skin or wear the right clothes or act the right way, eat the right things, but no one can fit into all of those expectations and still be happy no one. So don't be fooled into thinking that you're not good enough because you don't fit into society's expectations. Choose the french fries over the salad once in a while. Like I said, once in a while is not bad. Let the hair grow on your legs if you want for two days and don't be embarrassed by it. You're a fantastic, beautiful, intelligent, and worthwhile human who deserves to take up space in this world. Don't be sorry for it. Don't second guess your decisions. If you made a decision, be confident that it's the right decision that you made. I want to just thank you very, very much for attending. I hope that you did get a lot out of it. Thank you again. Have a beautiful rest of your day. And I look forward to seeing you here again soon. Take good care, everyone. If you've been enjoying my podcast, I hope you're getting to know me better and to know my style of coaching and inspiring women. And that really is the purpose of this podcast it's to teach and inspire women in midlife and older to know that better health is achievable with the help and guidance from someone who's been where you are and has been able to overcome those symptoms to feel better now in my 60s than I ever did in my 40s. I'm offering a free 30-minute health assessment to any woman on here listening who is not happy with how they look and they feel. You could set up the call with the link. I'll put it in the show notes. Schedule this call with me, but you are under no obligation to continue any further. If after speaking, you and I feel that we are a good fit for each other and you do want to proceed with private health coaching, I am offering a 12-week program that will get you well on your way to achieving optimal wellness. So let's do that 30-minute call. You have nothing to lose.